Well, good morning. We are still his church. Amen. Uh, if uh, the resident New Yorker is going to get some pizza, I'm not sure if it's the best pizza, but hailing from Chicago, I have some, you know, I know there's a few other Chicagoans in here and we would have some disputes, right, about what's the best. <laughs> My wife and I always have that debate, her being from New York, me being from Chicago, so you can imagine what that's like in our house. Uh, Let me pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we are still the church. Uh, You've called us uh, for your specific purpose, Lord. Um, And so help us as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to continue uh, to be used by you, to be called by you, to minister, to love, uh, to care, uh, Lord, and just to... uh, just. Be an example of what it's like uh, to be your children. Help us, wherever we are, uh, to be Christ-like. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So a couple of months ago, my daughter asked me this question. I don't know how many of you who have teenage daughters or sons, uh, but my daughter said to me, Dad, what's my purpose in life? And I said, wow, <laughs> deep question. What is your purpose in life? And I've been around long enough to know that our purpose in life uh, is more than just trying to get what we can, uh, accumulate things, right, to gather things. But it's really more important to, to give. And God has given us special gifts, spiritual gifts. And by using our spiritual gifts, I really believe that we find our spiritual purpose. So it's not just purpose in life, but it's a spiritual purpose in life. There's something deeper here. There's something more profound So I kind of brought this little video uh, that um, we're going to show here. And if you know anything about this show, um, well, why why don't we uh, roll the video? I think you and I can help one another. I don't think you need a psychiatrist or a support group or pills. What do I need? You need a purpose. (laughs) Anybody ever remember that show, Person of Interest? And our, our purpose is not shooting people in the kneecaps, right? That's kind of was his, his MO, right? Was shooting people in the kneecaps. But it's really about finding our purpose, our spiritual purpose. What does God call us to do as believers in Christ? Why are we here? What is it that we're called to do? So how many of you want to know what God's purpose and plan is for your life? Well, it's a legitimate question. And we all have this purpose in life. And God created us for a purpose. If you're listening to this message, if you're sitting here and now, you have a purpose. You have been called by God to do something amazing for his kingdom. And he reveals his purpose for you when he, gave you, when he gives you spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to benefit the church. That's why they're given to you. But maybe you're asking, what are my spiritual gifts? And so if you notice, we've been, uh, see if I can find it here, this shape, the shape up assessment. Maybe you've seen this. Maybe some of you have taken this, and I hope you have. And if you haven't, you can still take it. It's not a problem. But I hope that you would take this. And it's just a beginning point. It's just a, a starting point, if you will, to kind of reveal some things to you. It's a tool to see how God gifted you. And the purpose is to help you clarify your gifts so you can see your strengths and see how it is that you can edify and encourage the church. And discovering your spiritual gifts begins that that step to see your purpose, to serve God, to serve the church, to edify because of the gifts he gave you. So 
one question I'm, today, you're going to notice there's a lot of questions that I have, and hopefully there's questions that you have. And the next one is, why is discovering your spiritual gifts important? And the reason is that once you discover what your spiritual gifts are, it can be the starting point to understanding God's purpose for your life. Again, your spiritual purpose in life. Your spiritual gifts give you practical ways to walk in the Spirit, fulfill your purpose. And each one of you has a gift or gifts. I don't know if you knew that. You each have a gift or gifts. We have different gifts. We don't all have the same gifts, but they serve one objective. You can find the spiritual gifts primarily in these four passages. You can find the spiritual gifts primarily in Romans 12. Uh, I should say Romans 12 and then 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. But here's also a, a, a little uh, the next slide should be a picture of what those gifts look like. I want you to look at that list for a second. Because later on, I'm going to ask you, does anything resonate with you? Does anything stick out to you? You are unique and special to God, and no one can fulfill your purpose, only you. Your spiritual purpose is yours and yours alone. And God called you for a specific purpose. Is it teaching? Is it service? Is it to be a pastor one day? Is it wisdom? Is it evangelism? Is it prophecy? What are those things that are resonating with you? What is it? And using your spiritual gifts for God will help you fulfill your purpose in life. In 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, verses 4 through 7, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. You see, when Paul wrote to the Roman and Corinthian churches, he wanted them to know the main reason why they have these spiritual gifts, and it was to glorify God and strengthen the church. He also wanted them to see the diversity of the spiritual gifts, but they come from the same spirit. Let me illustrate it this way, and I think you guys would appreciate this as uh, San Antonians. If you love basketball, you have to appreciate the Spurs and everything that they do. Ginobili kicks to the corner, movement to Green. The car here, come on! I love all the extra passing. Beautiful penetration from Monty Ginobili. And the extra pass to Danny Green. Danny stabs it. Whoa, gives it off to Joseph. Oh, get out of here. Man, with a dunk. Little Ramsey Dazzle from Austin. Dang! <laughs> Great pass by Duncan. That's ball movement right there. You want to talk about half-court execution, mark that play now. On a lob inside, Baines with the catch. Leaves it for Ginobili. Look at this passing. Everyone's got a spot, they fill it, and bang. Down goes the three. It's great basketball. I'm not sure, you know, Popovich doesn't say much sometimes in timeouts because it doesn't need to. These guys just know how to play the game of basketball. Now the D out for three. Duncan, Romano, inside, Diaz, pick up the ball, and they go 
the corner to Bonner. Swish! The Red Rocket knocks down the three. And you see the reaction from the bench, guys standing up. One minute to play. Oh, the passing by the Spurs. Is a match that we've talked. Now they lead the NBA in assists. This will kind of get the formula. Unselfish, fundamentally strong, can shoot threes, and play hard every night. <laughs> I think you get the point, right? <laughs> Some of you guys want more. <laughs> Notice, all on the same team, one objective. Each person knows where they're supposed to be. Each person knows their role. Each person knows that they are unselfish in passing the ball. It's not about my gift being better than anybody else's gift. It's about sharing and doing all these things together to incorporate the one objective. And the one objective for them is to score a basket, to score points. Notice they led the NBA in assists. That's how the church should function. Assisting one another, helping one another, encouraging one another, knowing our roles, knowing where we're supposed to be. Knowing our objective. Different gifts working together for one objective. So, what is the purpose of your spiritual gifts? We kind of covered it a little bit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And it said, for the common good of the body of Christ. But Ephesians says it this way. In Ephesians chapter 4. To equip his people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. And in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I believe the church should be about the discipleship-making business. That's what the church should be about. This happens when we all use our unique spiritual gifts for that one purpose. If we try to do this alone, it would be impossible. Imagine if the Spurs had just had one person try to run everything. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be the Spurs. They, they wouldn't win games. That's just the way it goes. It would be impossible. However, God calls us for one work to be able to do together because we can accomplish more as a body of Christ than we can do alone. In no way are the spiritual gifts to be used to draw attention to yourself or to show off. And that was part of the problem in the church in Corinth. And some church members were exercising their spiritual gifts to make themselves look better than other people. And that only created chaos in the early church. And that's why Paul was addressing this issue. The gifts God gives to the church are divinely placed for the, for the good of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. The spiritual gifts God gives you through his spirit are to be used for his glory. And we are to do them with love. Any spiritual gift used for personal gain or without love, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is like a clanging gong. Right? And the church cannot glorify God that way. So, why are spiritual gifts important? Spiritual gifts are mentioned in the church, aren't really mentioned that much in church, but we can't ignore them. And ignoring them only harms the church. I believe there are a couple lies that have stopped the church from working together to use their spiritual gifts. And the first is that the church is a building where we worship and we hear a sermon and we sing a few songs. Even in the bumper, right, it said who we are, right? We are more than just 
a body. I mean, we are more than just a building, right? We are a body. We are a living organism. We should be able to get up, go to the park, and we would be the church. It's not these four walls. We are the church. And we need each other. We need each other for spiritual accountability, for emotional health, mentorship, service, ministry, prayer. We need one another to be able to function. And the second lie is that pastors are the only ones who do ministry. The divide between the pastors and their congregations seems out of reach for some people. And although we look to the elders and the deacons and the pastors for support, for encouragement, for, for prayer, the Bible nowhere says that they're the only ones who do ministry. There are a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ who've fallen into the trap that, well, you know what? The pastor gets paid. He's the one supposed to do everything. He only works on Sunday. And so maybe another option would be that they feel they're not qualified. I've heard that. I've heard people tell me that. If we think or believe this lie, we place a burden on our pastor and our church suffers. Remember, we all have a role to play. So why is it important to understand our spiritual gifts as we seek to discover, develop, or deploy our specific giftedness? Understanding spiritual gifts is about discovering where and how God wants to use us in the church. So if you take that assessment, it's just a beginning tool to understand, okay, these are my spiritual gifts. What am I to do with them? God calls everyone to participate in his kingdom activity as expressed through Rock Hills. How are you using it? What is our mission statement? Love God, love others, helping people find and follow Jesus. How can we do that within the body of Christ? And each one of us has a role to play in that. If we're not using our gifts, it's not going to happen. And the more we understand how God gifted us, the more we can serve him and others and fulfill our spiritual purpose in life. When we understand how spiritual gifts work, we can also recognize and appreciate the gift of others. The church is a body with many moving parts. Again, the illustration of the spurs, everybody moving, nobody static. Somebody will sit there for a second, and then they go to another position. And the same thing with us. We're all moving. We all should be doing something. We should all know our role. We should all know our place. My part matters. Your part matters. And I believe you're here because you have a role. You have an important part to play in the life of Rock Hills Church. So many Christians desire, they want to know what their spiritual gifts are. Now that you've come to that realization, what's the value of looking outside ourselves to recognize the giftedness of others? And I address this because sometimes we could be so consumed with our spiritual gifts, what my spiritual gift is, because that, that's something God gave me, Right? But there's also something to be said if we overlook the spiritual gifts of others. And so sometimes we often exclusively see them as a way of understanding our own gifts. But you know what? We should remember scripture teaches spiritual gifts are given to the body of believers. One of the best ways for us to see our gifts is to get plugged into the church community. There was uh, uh, something, uh, one of the, um, I don't know what they call it, when advertisers said jump in. And it had all these different areas that you can jump in here at Rock Hills Church. Some of them were audiovisual. Some of them were Sunday school teachers. Some of them were impressions groups. Some of them were, were helping and serving in different capacities. Why don't you just jump in and try one? One of the best ways for us to see our gifts is to get plugged in into the local church. 
In the same way, we should be eager to point out other spiritual gifts so they can use them for God in the church. As we as elders were getting together for this, uh, we, were, we went through this assessment. And one of the things we did is we found out where, we, where our gifts were. There was a couple of surprises for me. I was actually kind of surprised. I don't know about the other elders, and we kind of, kind of laughed about it. But if you stick around, you're going to get this workbook, if you will. I didn't put this workbook together. See, I don't have the gift of administration. You don't want me trying to put a workbook like this together. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> but one of the other elders did, and that was Steve. Steve put this together. And when I read it, I was like, wow, that's impressive. I couldn't have put this together the way Steve did. And why I say that is because each one of us has different gifts. And it's important to acknowledge that he has that gift. Maybe one of you has the gift of service and helping. Maybe one of you has the gift of teaching. Maybe one of you has the gift of faith. We need to acknowledge that. We need to know what each other's gifts are. Why? Because then it's important in the role in the body of the church to know who has what gift. So if I see something, I say, oh, wait a minute. You know, that calls for a teacher. I need, we need to find someone who's a teacher. Or maybe we need someone who has the gift of administration. It's important that we know each other's roles and we encourage each other to use those gifts and roles. So where do we start? A good place to start is with that shape assessment. It's only a tool. It's just the beginning. If you haven't taken it again, please take it. And maybe you'll discover some things. Understanding your spiritual gifts allows us to see ourselves as members of a church and we can work together. And remember, our church is different from the church down the street. They have their own gifts. They have their own unique purpose. And we have our identity here. And the only way we're going to continue to fulfill the purpose of why God's called us here is if we come together and use our gifts together. It allows us to resist a couple of uh, false ideas that I think sometimes happen. One is that I'm not needed in the kingdom of God. And two, the entire work of God rests solely on my shoulders. See, both of these statements are false. Every church needs people with different spiritual gifts serving together in harmony. Have you ever heard, uh, gone to a, a, an orchestra? And in the beginning of the orchestra, they're tuning their instruments. And it sounds like a lot of noise. Eh, all these noises, right? Everything coming together. You're like, what's going on here? But once the conductor gets up, and all of a sudden, together, they form this beautiful harmony. This beautiful music comes out. That's how the church should be. What are some common misconceptions about spiritual gifts? First, we sometimes value certain gifts over others. I think it was last week that Pastor Adam said, what about those people that come here and serve? They're here at, I don't know what, 9 o'clock in the morning coming and some of us are probably just rolling out of bed in the shower. They're here setting up, taking care of business. And when you're off having lunch somewhere, they're probably taking everything down. Those gifts are undervalued. But they're no less important than the person that's standing up in front of you today. Or maybe you have, uh, there are others that, that, um, that have the, uh, the gift of encouragement. I don't know about you, but there are some days where I just need encouragement. And I wish there were some people who had that encouragement would come up to me and encourage me. 
Second, there's a misconception that if we aren't spiritually gifted in one area, we don't have to be obedient in that gift. So, for example, maybe we all have the gift of faith, right? Maybe some of us have that faith of a mustard seed, but that's faith. But then there are others who have that gift of faith. I don't know about you, but if I know that person has the gift of faith, I'm going to them and say, can you pray for me? Because <laughs> I know they're praying in faith. Or again, encouragement. Some Christians are gifted encouragers, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't encourage when the time comes. It doesn't let us off the hook. And third, some feel the Spirit's uh, assigning of spiritual gifts is kind of fixed. I can't think of another way to say it. <laughs> but I don't see that in the Bible. I mean, sometimes we say, how come they got that gift and I didn't get it? It's not about that. Spiritual gifts are given by grace and are not based on word, uh, of our worthiness or personal abilities. They're given according to God's sovereign choice. I can't explain it. A lot of times it's wired to who you are as a person. A lot of times it's the, the talents and abilities that you have. But God somehow seamlessly puts that all together and he uses you and he'll stretch you. Just because you have that gift doesn't mean it's not going to stretch you. And there'll be times when you mess up. And there'll be times when you fail. But that's okay. That's the process. So you can continue to get better and better at that token. I don't want you to think that just because you don't have that gift of teaching doesn't mean you shouldn't teach. Maybe check it out and see. Sit in. Go to, go to the Sunday school room. Sit with a teacher. Learn some things. Stretch yourself. Try something different. Jump in. I'm sure the teachers would not mind at all. So the Holy Spirit gives and matches the gifts to your DNA. Be content with your gifts. You can also work on those other areas if you're weak. So where do you start? A good place to start is with that shape assessment. It's only a tool to start you on your way. If you haven't taken it, again, please take it. You have time. You can do it later today. It says it takes about 30 to 60 minutes, I think, um, it just depends. I'm slower than most, so it took me about 60 minutes. Some of you are faster, and you'll get it done like this. When discovering your spiritual gifts, I want you to ask yourself some questions. Really ponder and think. Have I asked the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart about God's gifts for me? Next, what are my passions? What is it that you love? And then the next one is, what are my talents? What are you good at? What is it that you're good at? Ask yourself those questions. Are any of the gifts mentioned in the Bible resonating in my soul? When you look up those four passages that I put up before, does anything stick out? Was there something when I told you, look at that screen for a couple of seconds, did anything stick out to you? And the last one, what gifts do others see at work in me? Has anyone ever come up to you and said, thank you? Thank you for helping me. Has that been a repeated theme? Has someone said, man, you're, you're good at public speaking. Has that been a repeated theme? What are those things that people are saying about you that you just kind of, oh, you know, this is what I am. That's how, well, that's how God wired you. I believe our main purpose in life then is to glorify God and enjoy fellowship with him. He also gives us these spiritual 
gifts to you so others can glorify and enjoy and follow him as well. When, we, when used correctly, our gifts allow us to sit and pray with one another during those tough times. It's being present as we hold one another accountable. It's walking alongside our brother and sister in Christ when they needed it most. It's building them up and speaking life into them. Remember, we have different roles to play because we have different parts, but we all belong to the same body. Discovering your spiritual gifts can help you begin to see your purpose as you serve God and the church with the spiritual gifts he gave you. I pray that you will find those spiritual gifts and that will fulfill your spiritual purpose as you are here. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for calling us each by name, by giving us spiritual gifts, Lord, to serve you and your church and ultimately your kingdom. Help us to find our spiritual purpose here. Help us to find a spiritual purpose so that we can come alongside others to build up the church, to strengthen the church, to come alongside a brother and sister in Christ, to serve one another. Help us to find our role. Help us to find where we're to be so that we can continue to be called by you for the purpose that you have for us here on earth. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.